Good evening and welcome to Get Real with Ralph. I am your humble host, Ralph Nudie, coming to you live from the studios of AM10, Gurney, Illinois, Kenosha, Wisconsin. And simulcast live from Kenosha to the Canary Islands and all across the world just by tuning into our YouTube channel at GetRealWithRalph.com. That's GetRealWithRalph.com. Are you sick of sheltering in place yet? Well, the numbers are in. If you want to go to wicovidchart.com, that's wicovidchart.com, you can see where I put together a research graph using numbers from the four most populated counties in Wisconsin as well as the most populated counties in states that do not have a shelter-in-place law. We're going to talk about what I found out there. Also, Wisconsin State Representative Todd Onstott from the 65th District is in for round two of our discussions about how Wisconsin should be handling this crisis. We'll have more of that interview, as well as my feedback as we go through this show. And once we're done with all the discussion, we've got a great live musical guest this evening. Actually, we have two great live musical guests this evening. We have Michael Boss and Georgia Ray in here playing together. And I know, I know, before you, uh, before you start throwing out, uh, casting dispersions on them, just know this. They're in the same household, ladies and gentlemen, so they're going to be social distanced from each other and six feet away from yours truly but i gotta tell you six feet away from a musical act like that is a is a great place to be it's like a front row seat to some of the most talented people in the midwest if not the country that and more as soon as we're done with a little bit of uh sky's the limit here Thank you for tuning in to our show. It has been an interesting couple of months here for the entire world as we continue to shelter in place and try to find our way along the wilderness. The problem is that most people, you and I, are doing that. We're trying to find our way around the wilderness and discover or learn what is the best way to deal with the threat that none of us asked for and not one of us asked for the threat. However, in the proverbial smoke-filled back rooms of our national capital, of 
our state capitals, and even in, in, in some of our city halls, I, I think that there are people out there looking to take advantage of the situation and figure out how they can further their power. You see, ladies and gentlemen, power is addictive, and it's very difficult once you give power to people to pry that power back out of their greedy little fingers. And this crisis is like none other. As uh, Hillary Clinton said at the beginning of this crisis, which she learned from Saul Linsky, never let a good crisis go to waste. And that is exactly what's been happening. We have states implementing draconian rules as to what people can and cannot do in the name of public wellness, public health, in the name of saving your neighbor. You should have a problem with that. I know I do. And the problem that I have with that isn't that I care about my neighbor or my father or my friend's parents or grandparents or anybody else that is deemed to be at high risk of dying of this disease. Because let's face it, this is a deadly disease and there are people dying. If we are to believe the numbers, and let's go with the assumption that we have already had more deaths from COVID-19 than we had for the entire 15 years of the Vietnam War. That's a very sobering number. The problem comes in when people start to question the tactics we are using to save lives and whether or not they're actually working. Our country is becoming politically polarized even on this public health issue, and it's disgusting. Far be it for you or I to question the tactics our government is implementing, because if you do, The thought police are out there, and the thought police aren't the government necessarily. The thought police are the people that have been manipulated by Google, manipulated by Facebook, manipulated by the news media, scared to death. And as soon as you start questioning whether or not being stuck inside your home, not being able to communicate with the outside world, not being able to make a living, not being able to enjoy things with your family, as soon as you start questioning the wisdom of those policies, you're told that you're selfish. You are told that you don't care about your neighbor, that you don't care about your parents, that you don't care about your friend's parents. You're told that you're stupid. We're not stupid. The people of this country are far from stupid. We may be undisciplined. We may be the most undisciplined country in the world. Guess what? That's what makes us amazing. That's what makes us America. The fact that we have free thought still in this country. And it doesn't matter how much the news media, it doesn't matter how much YouTube, Google, Facebook try to manipulate what you're seeing. We at our core are free beings. That's what we want to be. We want to be healthy. We want to be safe. But we want to be free. When your government starts telling you it's not safe to go outside, it's not safe to work, it's not safe to go about your ordinary life the way that you've went about it your whole life, you need to be very skeptical and ask questions. That doesn't mean don't cooperate. That doesn't mean stop caring. And that doesn't mean be selfish. It means ask important questions Ask smart questions. And by smart questions, I mean questions that help you further your knowledge. There's no such thing as a dumb question, except for a rhetorical question where you're trying to be a smart aleck. But 
That's a whole different story. Ask smart questions. If you go to wicovidchart.com, what you'll find is a graph and some data that should have you not knowing the answers because I don't know the answers either, but it certainly should make you scratch your head and have you ask more questions. And the questions that I asked Todd Onstad earlier, and we're going to play that interview, and that I'd like to ask all of our leaders. And the question that I really want a straight answer from is why is it that states that don't have a shelter-in-place law have a lower death rate, have less people dying of COVID-19 than states that do. Now, some of the arguments that I got today were about case rates and that they're not testing enough people and therefore they're not showing as many cases. And I can concede that that might be the case. I read three articles on three separate occasions about three different places that are doing widespread testing, one of them in a homeless shelter, one of them in a prison system, and one of them in the general population of a city. I'm sorry, four. And the fourth one, all the employees of a Smithfield meat plant. And all four of those widespread testings had one thing in common when it came to the data. Far more people are infected than we're being told when we're only testing sick people. Not only that, but 95% of people who are infected with COVID-19 are asymptomatic. That means they are not sick. They're spreading it. And that but they're not sick, 95%. So when you turn on the news and you get all that scare porn out there that's showing you all these people that are dying and the high percentage of people who are getting infected with it are dying, the numbers are wrong. If I give you a fraction, one half is a fraction, two people are tested with a virus and are found to be positive and one of them dies, and I'm telling you half of this virus die, and I'm, I'm using numbers for simplicity's sake, but I've only tested two people because they were sick. And then I go back and I test that entire population, whether it be a school, a jail, a workplace, or a community. And I find out that instead of two people having it, 2,000 people have it in that same population. We no longer have a 50% death rate. We now have a 1 in 2,000 death rate. But not testing doesn't make that death rate higher. It just means that we have bad data. So as we start doing widespread testing, we know that the denominator is wrong. We're not getting revised numbers the way that we should. As a matter of fact, we're being told, after initially being told, that we needed a shelter in place to flatten the curve. You now have people like the California, California governor saying he is planning on keeping his state sheltering in place until a vaccine is found, until this thing can be managed and cured. We don't even have a vaccine for the common cold yet. We've been told for years that we're going to have a vaccine for AIDS. We don't have a vaccine for AIDS yet. But we're told that they're going to fast track a vaccine for this and start sticking it in everybody's arms. Everybody's arms when 95% of the people that get sick with this are asymptomatic. A vaccine that will have been in existence for six months, eight months, a year at the very most before they start introducing it into us. You have to wonder, does that make sense? Now, I have a lot of friends and a lot of acquaintances who have different political views than I do. That is what makes our country an amazing place. 
But what's going on right now isn't conservative versus liberal. It's not Democrat versus Republican. This is powerful versus the weak. When you look at what's going on, you have to scratch your head a little further because it's completely safe, according to my government. At least they're allowing me to walk into Target, to walk into Walmart and buy a pair of pants and buy a shirt. I live in Kenosha, Wisconsin. What if I want to walk into Mike Bjorn's fine clothing or I want to walk into S.J. Crystal's downtown and do the same thing? Is it less safe for me to do that? Is it less safe for me to walk into a place that probably has 10 customers a day than a place that has thousands of customers a day all going and sharing germs? How is that saving lives? How is that not costing lives? The data is wrong. That's the bottom line. We need to check the data. We need to research the data. We need to start demanding answers from our government. And when we do so, we don't need for large corporations that have been given exemptions, exemptions by our federal government for being responsible for what's being said on their platform, to start censoring speech that they disagree with, picking speech that they do agree with, and still maintaining those exemptions. That's not right. The First Amendment, a free press, freedom of people to assemble, freedom of people to speak out and ask questions of the government, and freedom to exercise their religion, that is what makes this country great. But do you know what I heard earlier this week? I heard from the son of immigrants, and I am the, I'm, I'm a descendant of immigrants. I heard from the, a first-generation American that our Constitution might need to be revisited and that it is an antiquated document. Buddy, your parents came to this country for that document. They came to this country for a way of life that that document has laid out a roadmap for for over 200 years. And at the risk of sounding mean, if you don't like that document, maybe you need to talk to your parents about sending you back to the place that didn't have it. That has nothing to do with your ethnicity. That has to do with your belief. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what language you speak. I don't care what language your parents spoke. And I don't care what God you pray to. Because we all have one. If we don't have one, we have the absence of one. Same thing. But this document... The Constitution of the United States is what makes us free and what makes us a great nation. And if our First Amendment is infringed upon, if our First Amendment is taken away from us, it is taken away from all of us, liberal and conservative. I have a lot of friends who are far, way farther left than I am. You know what? They have the right to be that way. But if you start handing this country over to the fascists, the socialists, it may be a matter of time before they come for you next no matter how left of center you think you are. And if we don't have a First Amendment, the only thing left protecting us from an oppressive government is a Second Amendment. And the last thing that we need is people needing to resort to the Second Amendment to protect their freedoms, because that means violence. That is not the America that I want to be in. I want to be in one where we can speak up, speak our mind, disagree with each other, find common ground, and find a way to solve our problems. That's the country I was born in. That's the country.
that is the greatest in the history of mankind. And with that, I'm going to get to this interview with State Senator Todd Onstott. I'm sorry, State Representative Todd Onstott from the 65th District of the Wisconsin Assembly. And once again with us, we have Wisconsin State Legislature, 65th Assembly District Representative Todd Onstott with us, who has promised to come on from time to time and keep us abreast of the uh, situation in Madison and what the state legislature is doing to deal with the COVID-19 pandemic as well as the economic response. Todd, thank you. Welcome back to the program. How are you? Good. Thanks, Ralph. And once again, thanks for having me on. Well, I'm glad you're here, Todd. You know, it takes courage to come on a show where you know that the host doesn't necessarily agree with you philosophically on, on every issue. But I think it's important that we demonstrate how our community isn't about partisanship, but it's about people. And, and Todd, I think that besides the fact that you and I respect and like each other personally, you're an honest man who cares about our community and is courageous to be willing to answer tough questions. Uh, well, the most courageous part about this for me is the uh, technology to make sure that uh, that I'm actually on. And what a what a dull world we would be living in if everybody agreed on everything, uh, um, everything that there is to think about. Well, people end up agreeing on things later on after the fact. Isn't that how that works? They say history is a, a, a lie agreed upon. Sure. I, I, did a, I, I did a video earlier this week, and, and I released some numbers, and I'm going to see if I can find them. All right, here it is. Can you see that chart in front of you, Todd? I can. Okay. And here's what I did. I took the uh, most populated counties in Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Brown, Dane, Kenosha, the four most populated, and then I compared them to the most populated counties of other states that don't have a shelter-in-place law uh, in, in effect right now. And, you know, I know that there's the apples to oranges comparison that we're talking about less populated states. So I wanted to level the playing field that way as much as possible. And, and some numbers struck me here. I, I charted them all. And when you look at the chart here, you'll notice that okay, the first one is Milwaukee County, second is Brown, third is Dane, fourth is Kenosha. And then fourth is Salt Lake County, which is 1.1 million people. And you have Oklahoma and Tulsa counties, which have between four and 500,000 people. Utah County, which is about 300,000 all the way down to um, a, a county in Wyoming and a county in South Dakota. And what I noticed, with the exception of the outlier in Minnehaha County, South Dakota, which is on the far right side of the screen, what I noticed is on average that the po most populated counties in the states that don't have shelter-in-place laws aren't better than what we're seeing in Wisconsin. In fact, in some cases, they're worse. Uh, also, last week were the two doctors from Bakersfield, California. I don't know if you saw the video or saw clips of it and the information about how it got removed from YouTube. But these doctors said some things that made sense and would line up with this about uh, about how sheltering in place really can have some negative effects on your immune system. And uh, they're going to make it even harder when a second wave comes out, if you come out of that situation and then the virus reignites, that you, you actually will end up with, with more deaths than not. And so I'm looking at this and this makes a lot of sense to me, except for in the Minnehaha County. And um, one of the most important things I think we're going to share data is being intellectually honest when you have data that doesn't line up with your, with your theory. And so then you have to either leave the data in there and explain the anomaly or accept the fact that maybe you're possibly wrong. And I think we're all wrong from time to time. Uh, but then I found out Minnehaha County, South Dakota is right near where the Smithfield plant is and most of the residents live there. And after the outbreak at the Smithfield plant, they, they tested everybody there 
So you have more positives because they're testing healthy people, same as uh, maybe the article you saw about the prison system in, uh, in Ohio where they tested 3,000 people or the, uh, the nursing home in Boston where you have 95% of the people asymptomatic. So with that in mind, is, is this data that you think is being considered when, when we're deciding what to do here in Wisconsin? Well, I, I know very designated Palm um, are certainly analyzing data all day, pretty much all every day. Um, and unfortunately, the data that I think you said was uh, the case on Wednesday where, where Kenosha was number four. Um, we have now surpassed Dane, um, Dane County, um, and we're number three. And just to, just oh, to show you- Oh, I'm talking about pop population, we're number four. I took oh, a okay. population. Um, no, we are higher. We're higher here than Dane. You can see our, our cases per 100,000. Uh, we're, we're in the 20s as of, uh, as of Wednesday, and Dane's was 7.63. Well, let me, let me tell you what the numbers were on Friday, and then I'll compare them to what the numbers um, are today. Okay. On, on Friday, I gave a report, um, and on that day, there was 6,854 positive cases in the state. Okay. Um, and now, today, reporting out, there was 7,964. Um, we went from 316 deaths to uh, 339. Um, in terms of the Kenosha numbers, um, last Friday, there were 391 reported cases, um, and now there is 534. Okay. Um, we, went from, we went from 12 deaths to 14 deaths. And you brought up Smithfield, and certainly um, you, can look, you can look pretty much all over the country and look at where their meatpacking plants are and frequently, unfortunately, see a big spike. Yes. Um, I, I, saw a, um, I saw a segment on TV last week um, in Iowa County, kind of in the middle of Iowa, Correct. and 10% of the population of that county had actually uh, tested positive. Can you imagine 10%? Um, yes, so tested positive, and that's because they're having widespread testing there. Um, well, I, I certainly don't think that we, are, uh, that we have 10% in Kenosha. I certainly um, hope not. We have 20% um, apparently in the Kenosha County uh, Correctional Facility. Um, and right. I'd, like to th I'd like to thank the uh, National Guard for coming in and doing the, um, the, the testing there. And there's, there was also five, per, uh, five different people who work in the, um, in the prison there that had tested positive as well. But there's and some then, good news with that, Todd. And I think the good news is getting missed. And you said you hope that the Kenosha rate isn't higher. But the good news would be if the rate is higher, that it falls in line with anywhere where you, where you test an entire population instead of just people with symptoms, you're finding that there's uh, 10 times more people that are infected than are presenting symptoms. Uh, as a matter of fact, 95% of all people infected when they test an entire population are completely asymptomatic. So when you take the number of, and, and this, this chart kind of you know, makes my point with that, what I had to do in order to make this chart work is the blue lines are cases per 10,000, and the red lines are deaths per 100,000. And I had to jump that to deaths per 100 to even get the red lines to show up on the charts because they're so small. And this is with confirmed cases. And this is deaths per 100,000 people living there, not per case. So it's not a case fatality rate. But the case fatality rate is much, much, much lower if there's more people infected than we realize. Uh, nevertheless, we have gone from, I think, when we talked last week, if I'm not mistaken, I think that the number was um, s somewhere in the neighborhood of like 52, 53. Don't quote me on that. I'm talking about confirmed deaths okay, um, in, yes. in the United States. Um, yeah. The number of confirmed deaths now 
um, has gone past 65,000. Um, yep. So that is not know, a that is not an insignificant number, and no, by, is, by any stretch of the imagination, that's a lot of not. that's a lot. Not. There are a lot and, of people dying from this. And I, I think that some of the time will tell in the in the next few weeks, where a lot of states, for example, Georgia. Um, that just one of the first states to reopen, one of the, one of the last to close up, um, and one of the first states to reopen. Um, mm -hmm. and, and in fact, if you remember, um, the governor of Georgia was surprised um, and announced that he didn't know, he hadn't known at that point when the day that he closed very late, that um, the majority of people um, were unsymp unsymptomatic, as, as you suggested. Correct. Um, and, that, and that was why he, one of the reasons why he cited as actually time. Um, so that now they're reopening. Um, mm -hmm. So, so I, I think that you know, some interesting data will be um, just how big the spike is. And no, sure. nobody, nobody seems to disagree that um, once you reopen, um, that you will have a spike. Um, the question is, is how big? Um, and hope, hopefully it's that big, but then, I'm, I'm afraid that it might be. But if that's the case, how do you explain like Salt Lake County, Utah, 1.1 million people, significantly more people than Milwaukee, never has a shelter in place law in effect, and yet their cases per 10,000 and they are lower, much lower, and their deaths per 100,000 are, are a little bit lower. Milwaukee at 18.4 and Salt Lake County, Utah at about 15. So how do you explain the anomaly that all of these other Salt Lake, Oklahoma County, Oklahoma, Tulsa County, Oklahoma, Utah County, Utah, all of those are smaller than Milwaukee, but bigger than Kenosha. They all have lower or similar case numbers without any of this in place. Do you, do you see that kind of data as being problematic with the theory that keeping everybody home and scared is actually making a difference and saving lives? I think that you'd have to look at a lot of different things other than what you're just posting there. Um, I think that you'd have to look at um, how much testing has been done. Um, Wisconsin has actually started to um, ramp up the amount of testing. Sure, and that's gonna make our blue lines increase, that's gonna make our blue lines increase as we ramp up testing, because we're gonna start testing so. asymptomatic people, but it's not necessarily going to make our red line increase because these people already have it now and they're not dying, testing them isn't gonna make them die from it. So well, we're going to have more data on how many people are infected, which is a good thing. I think that's the thing that we've all been missing, and that's a really good thing. But how that data gets interpreted scares me, because if suddenly we report it as a spike in cases when really it's a spike in people we've confirmed have it that have had it all along and are asymptomatic, are we shooting ourselves in the foot? No, the governor has, has always said that um, what we should be looking at is the percentage of people um, that, that, are, that we're finding to be positive uh, a percentage of those people compared to the number of people that we're testing. And the other part of testing that is really, really important in terms of making sure that we actually get a hold of this virus is we need to test and we need to track. We need to make sure that when we find out that somebody's positive, be they at the Kenosha County um, facility or in Darien where they had an outbreak at the bird's eye factory or somebody in, a, you know, wherever we find somebody who's testing positive, we have to make sure where we have to go back and figure out who that person has been in contact with. Sure. You have to do and all the that, contact and, tracing. And the contact, the contact tracing is significantly ramping up. A couple of weeks ago, uh, the program was kind of put together um, 
and the governor has said that he would like to have a thousand people in place. I'm not sure what that number is now of people who are actually tracking all of the people who have been in contact with somebody who has shown to be positive. Um, those are the people that we have to make sure are actually quarantined. Um, Correct. If, you've been, if, you know, if you've been in contact with somebody, um, you really need to, you need to really stay at home. I think that that's a, I think that's going to be a, a much more surgical approach. Yep. And that is is probably the smartest thing that we can do. Until that happens, how do you explain the discrepancies in 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 the death rates between us and states that aren't putting their businesses out of business still? And that, well, I guess we, that that's the question that I still really feel that people in this area want to know the answer to. How is it that there are less deaths in states? that are similar populations, but aren't sheltering in place? Are they doing well, a better job at testing and contact tracing than we are? are or, maybe no, or maybe no job at testing at all. I'm not sure. Um, I, you know, there's, there's too many- Well, but the, there's test, too, the testing accounts for the blue line. That we don't know. Too many questions that we don't know um, in terms of comparing Tulsa to Milwaukee. Right, um, and the blue line, and the blue line explains Tulsa. the number of cases, and I get that, but the red line is just straight number of deaths. Um, there, there's a lot of data that I would have to look at before I give you an answer to that. Um, let me just tell you a little bit about a, um, I, one of the committees that I serve on in, in the state assembly is the state affairs committee. And we had an interesting hearing on Thursday where we heard from Wisconsin, Wisconsin Manufacturers Corporation um, and a number of other uh, people, the restaurant association, the tavern league, the hotel and lodging association, the dairy industry um, and others. And of course, um, this was in support of the WMC wants to get back to business. There's no question about that. And yes. you know, there, there are some things in the WMC plan that make sense um, in, in terms of trying to figure out um, ex exactly where the problem lies, um, in, you know, in terms of different regions in the state. Um, although we certainly have a pretty good idea um, that, you know, that, that it is expanding. And the bad thing about the virus is it doesn't respect county lines. Um, we, we know that just now is, I think that there's only two that don't have it, uh, but certainly there are um, sure. a, lo a lot of counties that have a lot less than what we do. Sure. Um, and so the, you know, they are obviously in favor of a regional approach and they are also in favor of opening now. And I think that opening now is um, a little bit premature when looking at the numbers um, just between Friday and today, both in Kenosha and statewide, um, you know, it's it's obvious that we're it's, kind of in the a, middle of a, it's a spike. I, I concede the fact. I think everybody concedes the fact that the numbers are growing and we have more cases. Yep. What people want to know is where is there any data whatsoever that tells us that staying at home is actually making a difference when there are areas that aren't doing it that have the same or lower numbers than us. And so, and if we don't have any hard data that proves that what we're doing is working even though we might not have enough data proves that it isn't working, if we can't prove completely that it isn't working, how long can we go on telling people that they don't have the right to run their businesses or leave their homes or do the things that, 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 that make us free as individuals? And on, top of, that, on top of that, you know, another really important question, and, and I'll let you get to both and, I, and, and I'll give you some sure. time, is scientifically, how can you tell me that it's, it's healthy or that it's acceptable or that it's not unsafe? me to walk into say target or walmart to buy a pair of pants but i can't walk into mike bjorn's where there probably be a lot less people present in the first place and do the exact same thing so what we're doing is we're taking corporate america the people that we all say is evil and we all hate no matter what party we're in 
and we're giving them all of our money and we're putting our mom and pop places out of business with no real hard data. And I think that that's the question that you have to answer. So people like Brett Bjorn, why does he have to stay home and keep his business closed and sacrificed while Walmart keeps theirs open? Uh, let me just go back to uh, what you had said earlier. Certainly there are a lot of epidemiologists um, in the country that say there's no question um, that you know, staying in place, staying at home is a lot safer. Um, you know, I could line up, you know, a dozen doctors to your dozen doctors and epidemiologists in terms of, uh, you know, what they believe to be. But we true. have a fifty. We have a we have a fifty state experiment going on right now that shows different numbers. Why is nobody? And, and the, why does everybody just say, "Well, we don't know the numbers for sure"? Why is nobody zeroing in on those numbers and saying, "Hey, there is some data here that's useful, some data points," but, instead of but, being on I, one side or the other side of what's becoming a partisan fight. But Ralph, what what obviously obviously is the case that our numbers are going up, and we are in the middle of a spike both in the state and in Kenosha. But yeah. Utah's numbers are not going up. They're not sheltering in place. You see what I'm saying? The, the fact the numbers are going up, and I, I can see that, isn't the argument. The argument is, is sheltering in place changing that curve when you can look at other places like Salt Lake County, which has 1.1 million people, so quite a bit bigger than Milwaukee County even, and yet their numbers aren't going up at the rate that ours are. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what explains that. As I said earlier, I don't know if they've done any testing or what their level of testing has been. There's a lot of data there. There's a lot of data. You can't change death rate. You can change so, testing and numbers of infected. You can't change death rates unless you're asking doctors to call something COVID that isn't, which the, the Bakersfield doctors certainly in their interview said was happening to them as well as other doctors. So, but other than that, you really can't manipulate the number of deaths. Testing doesn't change that. So even if we were to assume that we're testing more so we have a higher number, and that, and that would be a good assumption, all right? That doesn't change the fact that they're not losing as many people. As Wisconsin, Wisconsin is known to have a very, um, we're, we're, an, we're an older state. Uh, so first of all, so maybe, you know, maybe the demographic is part of it. That's, um, you know, that, that, also, that's a fair we, answer. That's a fair answer. And, and we, also, we also know that people who are in kind of a um, cramped area, um, are having a lot higher percentage and also higher death rate. Uh, true with African Americans. So if you're sheltering in place and you live in an apartment complex, you may have been better off going outside. Maybe, well, maybe they're not sheltering in place. I'm not sure of that. Um, let, let's go back to the question about uh, um, businesses. Yeah. And, and certainly, you know, Brett's a good friend of mine. Um, you know, Willie, as we were you opened up with the Oriental sure. Inn, and I'm glad to hear that he may be opening up soon. Um, those are great friends of mine, great, you know, great businessmen. Um, and I was, I was pleased to see that the governor um, kind of made some moves in terms of opening up some businesses last week. Yes. Um, and I was glad to see that Torcaso Shoe Store will be opening up tomorrow. Yes, we're, um, we're, going, we're going the right direction from where we were. I, you know, I can see that. I just hope that we can push, and we can push and a little I'm, harder. And I'm glad that Common Grounds Coffee Shop, I see on, on the side. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that, and also, of course, the state parks will reopen. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that there is a direction. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of data that people um, um, with a, a lot more uh, understanding of this whole situation than you or I um, that are looking at all of these things. And I, I just got to believe that um, at, the, at the end of the day, um, that we will be a lot better off uh, stay, staying at home as much as we can. Um, until this breaks, and we may be very well in the middle of this spike right now, 
Um, it was initially thought to be sometime in May, late May. So maybe we're in it now, maybe it gets worse, maybe it tapers off. I certainly hope that it begins to taper off. Um, but I, I gotta say that we don't wanna, you know, and, and you really have to thread the needle on this one. We don't, on the one hand, we don't wanna open one minute too early. And on the other hand, we certainly don't wanna open one minute later than what we have to. And I think that the governor is moving in the right direction in terms of looking at, way, looking at places that he can do something different, start opening this economy up safely. There was a lot of good ideas at the seven hour uh, public, at, not public hearing, but informational hearing last week in terms of the, what restaurants um, think that they can do to uh, make the restaurant, the dining experience safe and sound, um, what the Tavern League thinks. And I'm sure all of this is gonna be taken into consideration as we move towards um, a safe, you know, a, a safe retail um, experience. I know you're, and, I know you used to be in city government and you're not in city government now, but obviously yep. you know people who are. What do sure. you think of, what do you think of cities uh, relaxing their, their walk, walking down the street open container policies so that you maybe can walk up to some of those corner bars in downtown areas at least and, and grab a, you know, a cup like this and, uh, Socialize six feet away from your friends with your masks at least over the course of the summer. Do you, do you see something I was, like I that was being a possibility? I was in favor of that before, um, before the virus, and I'm certainly in favor, and I'm certainly in favor of it now. And I, I'm pleased to have been on the city council that actually um, allowed the tables to come outside the you know the taverns to allow people to you know, to enjoy a beer or a cocktail on the outside of a tavern. So I, I certainly think that that's something that could be looked at. Another thing that the tavern league asked us to take a look at. And I have since communicated with the um, with the governor's office on that. Is you know for areas that have like an outside seating area, um, maybe that's the first step. Tavern League thought that that would give you know tavern owners some um, confidence that we were moving in a direction that um, would be helpful. So um, there are a million there there are a million things on the table. Um, I did talk to the governor's office uh, liaison um, this weekend about the tavern leagues. Uh, um, testimony from last Thursday. And, you know, I, I'm certainly one that, you know, thinks that small business obviously is the backbone um, of our economy. And I think that we have to take a good look at, and, you know, thankfully, um, on, on the one hand, it's a great thing, the number of Wisconsin businesses that did get um, the, the recent set of loans Correct. Uh, on the, on the, you know, over one There's a lot of strings attached to those loans that people oh, don't understand, it, though. It, oh, it's, it, it is a nightmare. It is a bureaucratic nightmare that, you know, that they sent to us. One of the um, restaurateurs, so, one of the restaurateurs told me that they have to keep the same payrolls they had a year ago and pay it all out in payroll. And now they have these employees are home and, and they're, they're finally starting to get their unemployment check. Plus that additional amount that they're, they're getting because of it being COVID related, they're actually making more money at home than, than they were working. So, you know, we could be causing a bigger problem long-term. And that's why obviously we want to get everybody back to work and back to operating their businesses sooner rather than later. Yep. I, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more with sooner than sooner than later. Um, I, I just got to say that, um, I'd like to remind everybody once again um, that I do a COVID um, report every week. Um, anybody who wants to sign up to uh, get my um, e-newsletter, we're concentrating on the COVID right now, of course. I think this will be the sixth or seventh week in a row that we've done kind of a full report in terms of um, what's going on in the state. Um, and if I could give you a couple numbers of 
um, that by just calling and requesting to be on my e-newsletter list at 608-266-0455 or um, email me at rep.onstead, that's O-H-N-S-T-A-D, at legis.wi.gov, G-O-V. Um, I'll make sure that I put that on the video here and on our uh, Facebook page and our YouTube channel in the comments. So if you're listening okay. to this on the radio and uh, pull up today's episode, or you can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Ralph Nudie. You'll see today's interview. You can rewatch uh, it because Todd's an engaging person and uh, you can get all it's of this. It's not worth watching me as a rerun, Ralph. Oh. Come on. <laughs> well, maybe they, maybe they tuned in and only caught part of it and they want to catch the exciting back and forth between us. There were fireworks earlier if you didn't hear them. Oh, that's it, okay. In all, uh, in, in all sincerity, Todd, uh, I know how much you care about the people in southeastern Wisconsin. I care about the people in southeastern Wisconsin. Of course. You know, th- this, this is a small community, and we're all friends. And, and I, appreciate, uh, I appreciate you coming on here. I appreciate you being in, in the hot seat a little bit. And That's okay. I, I know that at the end of the day that you really do care uh, about these people the same as I do. So I can never accuse you of being someone who just doesn't care about the people. I know that you do. And I hope that uh, maybe some of this back and forth can help you to continue to be the voice of reason that I, that I think you've been all along. Well, I appreciate that. And I appreciate, you know, the opportunity to uh, come on to your show and let me close the same way I did last week. Um, and that is, you know, we know that this is tough on a lot of people. Uh, we talk, it's tough not being able to see your friends and your relatives and just the normal life that we, you know, that we become used to. Um, and a lot of people, you know, deal with that differently than others. Um, so I would just like to leave the crisis hotline number for anybody out there who's having a tough time. Um, please call 1-800-985-5990. Um, and I, I got a feeling we'll probably have something to talk about again next week, bro. We will. And uh, hopefully I'll have some updates for you that are pretty good for the community as well. So Todd, okay. once again, thank you. Have a great uh, rest of your weekend and uh, look forward to talking to you again next week. Okay. Take care, Ralph. Thanks again. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. And that was Wisconsin State uh, Assembly Assemblyman Todd Onstott from the 65th Assembly District uh, representing Kenosha, Wisconsin. And uh, we did that interview a little bit earlier today. Uh, we're going to have some we're going to have a little fun when we come back. We're going to uh, we're going to get Jim Selvish to dial in via Zoom and tell us what's going on with him. And then of course we have our fantastic musical guests Michael Boss and the wonderful Georgia Ray, and uh, they've been making some beautiful music together in quarantine, and we're going to talk to them about that as well after the break. This is real. Get real. Get real with Ralph. You are listening to Get Real with Ralph. Get Real with Ralph. On AM 1050 WLIP. And we're back here, AM 1050 WLIP. Your host, Ralph Nudie, you're listening to Get Real with Ralph. And we are broadcasting live from the studios in Gurney, Illinois, looking out at the abandoned Gurney Mills Mall. The only thing we see is this Paul Blart wannabe that keeps driving past. You know, he used to go, he used to go past in a Segway, but all of a sudden, the last couple of days, I've been seeing him go by in a golf cart that's meant for about eight people, but he's the only dude in it, and I can't figure out why. And so, uh, you know, we're trying to figure that one out because that's a that's still a mystery to me. 
And uh, also, we have here in the studio with us, I'm going to have them say hi real quick before they start playing music. We've got the lovely Georgia Ray and Michael Boss, who uh, have both, uh, they're both multiple guests on here. Hey, guys, welcome to the program. We got Tring. Yep, there you go. What's up? And of course, hey. we have Jim Selovich who is joining us via Zoom. Hey, Jimmy, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Hey, am I, am, am I on the air? Jim's here. You are live and on the air. You're like a professional right. calling guest here. Well, it's, I'm, I'm doing great. Day 46. Is that day, what day, day is? Day 46. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went for a nice four mile walk yesterday. Oh. And uh, I got. I got Zoom drunk. Ha. I got Zoom drunk last night with some with some comedian friends uh, from Milwaukee. Nice. And, uh, I'm telling you what, Zoom drunk is a lot worse than actually just hanging out and getting drunk. Because you're at, in your home and you don't have to worry about driving home, huh? Yes, you don't have to drive. <laughs> you, so you get more drunk than if it's you crazy. were to be going out with your friends. <laughs> yeah. I can barely hear her. Hi, Hi, guys. Hey, what's up? You can barely hear them. I, I can hear them fine. Michael, I'm trying to get see you, but I'm sure hey. I'm sure you're a little wonderful as always. You may have to you may Wait, have to tune in. Can you see us here? Can Jim see you? Yeah. Oh, if he's if he's on the YouTube stream, which I he I don't think Jim can operate like more than one computer at a time, can you, Jim? Yeah. I'm an, I'm a, I'm an old man. I'm an old man with a computer. He's an old man with a computer. I don't know. Much. You know, I'm starting to catch up to Jim on how to operate this board here. I don't know if you noticed, but I'm getting, it's like, the, I'm starting to be able to drive the spaceship all by myself. It sure is like driving a spaceship. I got to figure out where this echo is coming from. Hold on a minute. You're doing good. You're doing good, Ralphie. Uh, I'm, I'm at day 46. Like I said before, everything was fine. Um, everything's healthy. Just, uh, just hopefully get a job soon. Uh, and but I've been working on some ideas. Uh, working on a, uh, I know Ralph, I talked to you a little bit about it. Don't want to put the cat out of the bag quite yet. Meow. Uh, but uh, I'm in, I'm in writing right now a, uh, a new, uh, a new uh, series uh, for, uh, for the web, web series um, news show. So that's, uh, I'm kind of really excited about that. And just working on a couple uh, script ideas. Uh, that I've been tossing around for the past couple of years, and uh, finally got a chance to sit down and uh, and do some writing and uh, and uh, just uh, doing some fun stuff, you know. Uh, and you know, people who know me know I've been so, I've been uh, uh, I've been uh, social distancing for years, so uh, well, I'm okay <laughs> with all this. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah right. But uh, so how, how's uh, how's everybody else? Ralph, how's your week been? What, what's what's going on, you, Ralph? Talk well, you know. I my week's been pretty amazing, other than this echo behind me. Just stand by. Yeah, the echo. I don't know if you got the phone going through. You got something uh, going through on the board that uh, is making it echo. Something is going through twice. Off. Don't know what it is. Oh, yeah. actually, I, I do maybe know. Maybe your laptop's too loud. No, I. you know what? I just figured this out. Hold on here. But anyways, I just feel like I'm babbling now. That's okay, because that's what you do when you're, like, you know, self-quarantined. You, you babble. Um so I've had a lot of time to uh, be, uh, frankly, uh, I'm scared. Well, I, you know, I, I, scared. I, I, heard, scared. I heard a joke and um, with my thoughts, I, I heard uh, a joke about and, and reminded me of okay. your thoughts and being alone in quarantine. And, and I think it's quarantine. You talk whatever you want. Are you still getting the echo? No, no, it's gone. It's all gone. Can you hear me now? The problem is now that the echo has gone, Jimmy can't hear me anymore. 
Okay, Ralph, I... well, but the audience can. We know what's going on here with Jimmy here. We have to go like this. Jimmy, you can hear me now, can't you? I can hear you now. All You're right. Yeah, it's been this back and forth. What to do with it? Yeah, okay, that's fine. I'm just I'm I'm gonna sign off for now. Then you guys have yourself a great show. Um, wait, wait, uh, wait! I I, I've, got, I've got a joke though. I've got a joke first that I need to run by you here. See, because you've been talking about all this loneliness that you got going on. I, I'm writing. Jo- I'm, I'm writing. Well, you're writing, I'm writing jokes. A lot of jokes too. But this is a quarant- joke. This is a quarantine joke for for Jim Selvich. All right. All right. So if three people getting it on is. A, if three people getting it on is a threesome, and two course, people getting it on is a twosome, and two people getting on is a twosome, what do you call Jim Selovich? What do you call Jim Selovich in quarantine? Handsome. What? Handsome. Have a good night, Jim. I like that. Have a good night, Jim. And with that, we're going to get on with some music. All right, all right. So, um, so you're gonna, I'm gonna cut you. I'm gonna cut you. There's no more echo. Can you still hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. So there's no echo. So I can hang out till top of the hour if you want. You certainly can. We can hear you. You just can't hear us. What? Um, what else is going on? Well, let's see. Just been doing a lot of. I'm, I'm, I'm reading more. Cue the warm up music, guys. Which is a little because I don't read at all. So uh, that, that, that's a good thing. Um, uh, currently, uh, green eggs and ham is, is my jam. I right love now. it. I love so, it. Um, that, 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 that's a classic, and it's a good one. I, I want to start with the classics. So that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm just starting with the Dr. Seuss, work my way up to uh, uh, highlight magazines. I'm reading a lot of highlight magazines. Um, uh, you just know, trying I, to uh, work on my, uh, my stuff. I remember watch, reading those highlight magazines at the doctor's office when I was a kid. Yeah, dentist's office, always. They always had the dentist, dentist for office. sure. But um, so I've been doing a lot of reading and and uh, um, uh, and, and showering. A shower. Uh, I shaved since last week. I had to get rid of that beard and uh, shave my head, uh, which is great. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, so yeah, I've been doing a lot of shaving and and and, and showering. Um, I, I clipped my toenails the other day. That was interesting. Uh, fingernails. Uh, I, I'm playing a few more uh, chords on my guitar. Uh, I've been strumming around a little bit with that. Um, and uh, just uh, trying to stay sane. Uh, it is day 46. Yeah, 46. Day 46. Yes. Ladies and uh, gentlemen, I, I, I've met the my wonderfully lonely I've never seen my Jim Selovich. I've I've never uh, met some of my neighbors before. Uh, they're pretty annoying. They're pretty annoying. Uh, and a couple of them are really annoying. Just gotta say it. I mean, you know, I was better off they look like. Um, they're 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 annoying. Um, hey, hey Jim. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. How uh how yeah. bad are these neighbors? Let's hear it. I yeah I, I the, the echo is killing me. The echo is killing me when you talk to me. Well, so your what face I'm is gonna killing do, me while I'm, I'm talking to you, so that makes I, two of I us, pal. This, I have this neighbor has a dog, and all that dog does is bark. <laughs> yap, 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 yap. And I, I'm I'm really tired of it, and I'm thinking by day, uh, let's see, 49, a few days from now, I, I may be uh, 
doing that way they did on Seinfeld is when they uh, they kidnapped the dog and uh, and uh, drove him off to a farm. So that's what that's kind of where I'm at. So uh, so look for the look for the show uh, that I'm I'm uh, putting together. Ralph, you're going to be a part of it. I am. I am uh, certainly going to be a part of it, and I'm looking forward to it. Jim, we're going to we're going to cut you short because I can't talk back to you with the echo, and I've got that's, the, that, I've got that's, this that's lovely fine. couple that's here. Fine. I'll just I'll just ra I'll just ramble on. You ramble no, on, and um, they're going to play. Okay, I'm uh, okay. Jim I'm going to go. I'll see gentlemen. you guys later. You guys are beautiful. Take care, and everyone be safe. Wash your hands. Clip your toenails. You wash everything too, Jim. Thank you. And that was Jim Selovich, ladies and gentlemen, who seems to be getting a little stir-crazy back there in K-Town with his, his K-Town hat. But uh, he's looking pretty good, uh, so that, that, that's a good thing. All right, you guys are back on uh, when, those, when those little when the lights, lights are on. Uh, tell us a little bit about what the two of you have been doing in quarantine here before we go into this top-of-the-hour break, which is in about a minute. Playing. Playing. Finding inspiration. Writing new stuff. Yes. All right. All right. Well, why don't you get warmed up and uh, take us into the break with, with a little instrumental. We come back out of it, then we'll just go into whatever song it was you started with because you got about a minute, and I don't want to waste one more minute not hearing your music. back on Get Real with Ralph, your host Ralph Nudie, and we have George Ray and Michael Bass. And uh, they're going to play for us during the second hour, and then we're going to talk about what they're doing in quarantine. And with that, here they are.
good times lost I can hear the howling wind through the night sky so much thanks that's new uh fairly that's called the old days the old days mm-hmm. so it's a new song about the old days yep. uh, yeah <laughs> love it love it you guys wrote that together uh mike mike that's all mike actually yeah it is mm-hmm. it's just a, such a good song i said mike we gotta play that tonight so uh have you written any songs for each other yet uh put you right on the spot we write some stuff together we're working on another snail song Another snail song. <laughs> yep. That's great. So now you two, before all this happened, you started uh, touring together, right? Yeah, we started a band, actually. You started a separate band. So are you still doing the family band, too? Yep, we're st- I'm still doing the band as well as solo shows. But uh, we've got this Lunar Lizard band that's really coming I remember. Together. That's where this came in. You asked me when we were off. You said, didn't we appear on here together before? I know, and I said, no. You both appeared separately, but the last time you came on, you had just started the Lunar Lizards yeah, and told me about it. Yeah, and I it. was just telling you all about it, right? Yeah, you were yeah. telling me all about it. So that's why it felt like it to you, I Yeah, guess it. I know. 
And so, yeah, so <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah. We've gone through some changes, <laughs> drummer and several bass players with all with the name uh, that all of this start with J, J, J O, and stuff along those lines. So is that a <laughs> is that a lunar lizard song there that I heard? Yeah, we're doing uh, yeah. it now with Lunar Lizard. Yeah, mm-hmm. awesome, awesome. Well, uh, definitely, I I, I want to take as much time as I can and give it to you to play music because cool. because you're amazing at it, and we've just been living under such heavy circumstances right yeah, now. Yeah, people need to hear the the they bright do. the bright energy of the tunes. And I, I I try to address what's going on in the world head on because I think that it's important that we talk about it, whether or not we're doing the right thing. And maybe we are, maybe we aren't. I happen to think that we aren't. But I think that it's important that after we, we, we discuss all that, that we realize that whether whichever side of that argument that you're on, at the end of the day, we all want the same thing. Right, totally. And I want for my friends to be able to go play their music again and make money. I want for my friends who own restaurants and own businesses to be able to get back to work. Totally. And I want everybody that I know and love to stay healthy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's a big balance of things to worry about. But part of being healthy, of course, is being mentally healthy. Mm-hmm. Totally. And a lot of people are cooped up. And, and I see a lot of musicians, though, taking to the Internet and and making some quarantine shows or some lockdown shows for their audiences. And I think it's a beautiful thing. And this is just an extension of that. So mm-hmm. thank you for uh, trekking out here because obviously there's nothing better than live music in the studio as opposed to from home. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I got I, I got my measuring stick out and I made sure our microphones were at least <laughs> six feet apart before we got started. And Jim is like about... 30 miles from us so that works out perfect and i think you can hear us if you can hear us jim nod or something wiggle scratch your nose or something like that jim oh uh, he wiggled his nose that's good enough all right what's next guys uh, uh should we what do we pimp on a yeah blimp. pimp on this a blimp this is a georgia song <laughs> pimp on a blimp this is all one right. of the first songs uh i ever wrote it's goofy Submarine in the coral trees looking for the fish, the fish with the key. Key, key, key to your soul. Let's go for a stroll and visit the tadpoles, tadpoles.
a stroll and visit the tadpoles, tadpoles, tadpoles. It's so naive. Tadpoles, tadpoles, it's so naive. World domination. World domination. Lift off from space. on the air am 1050 wlip get real with ralph your host ralph nudie in the studio with our musical guests michael boss and georgia ray guys welcome and uh this has been fun so far that that bumper music there that was a little bit of in excess probably before both your time huh yeah 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 because there's a documentary on everybody right now and everybody's watching him because everybody's quarantined but it was all about this uh the un- untimely and unfortunate death of the Australian singer of that band, but uh, they had some good hits back in back in my day. Uh, couldn't even begin to educate you on what they are this early. <laughs> sometimes you so, just yeah. need to hear it to understand. Yeah, and sometimes you hear it and you don't understand. But I want to go back to what I heard before we went into the break because what you did there was amazing. So what what was that called again? That was pimp on a blimp. Pimp on a blimp. You know that? <laughs> do you know what you guys remind me of? I feel like Johnny Cash and June Carter met, had a baby, and that baby went to a B fifty twos concert. That's what I think of when I hear that song. There. I mean, oh, that's uh, that's very nice. Thank you. That's that's throwing a lot of different uh, kinds of music out there all at once. But yeah, you know, it's because sometimes you don't know what to write about, so you make well. And that song is actually pretty deep. I mean, come on. Tadpoles taking over the world. It was, you know, I was a little worried about the world domination there. I know. It, it really, it, it, it just, it, it jolted me back. Every song will always kind of remind you of other stuff from other periods in oh, your life. Of course, yeah. And I heard that, and I just remembered the first time I heard Rock Lobster. <laughs> and it kind of gave me that same really quirky, cool feeling. Dang, and right. so I, I don't, you know, I, I mean that as a compliment. Every yeah, once in a while you come, you, you get a song that's, that's goofy but fun all at the same time. That was definitely one of them. Dang. So I'm sure you got lots in store for us the uh, last 40 minutes here. So I'm going to let you guys talk a little bit about what you're playing next and uh, go ahead and play away. Right. Here are, uh, uh, two tunes uh, called uh, Jackson Got Stung by a Shout jellyfish. out to Jackson. He was listening. Heck yeah, Jax. Good old and Jackson. He old actually did spirit. get stung by a jellyfish about a year ago, actually. Where was he? In Jamaica. 
Jamaica's a beautiful place to and, be. And you know, it was he left. Remember this, Mike? Coffee. When when he left for Jamaica, and we're like, you're gonna come back, and you're gonna have a reggae song for you. We're gonna have a reggae song mm-hmm. to play for you. And yeah. this is your reggae song for him. And this is our reggae song for him. It is. All right, let's take it away, guys.
It's hard to do a fade out in a live radio show, isn't it? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Right, Especially so, when you when you land on an up bow. You land, yeah, and you got that you String got that mic know. right in your face. Song. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Definitely. Yeah, one of those songs was, um, well, yeah, Jackson got stung by a jellyfish. Loved it. Loved and it. And then we went into uh, one of Mike's tunes, "Big Old Spook Spook." Big old spook spook. Big old spook spook. Well, Jackson must be really happy that you wrote that song for him. Oh yeah. You know he's a great dancer. When you when you dance when you when we're singing the song, he dances. He he you you know it's it's good dancing when 
He points at you. He yeah. points at you. So like from above. From above. Is Jackson yeah. a tall man? Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty tall, yeah. Pretty tall. So you could point down at yeah, all of point, us. Huh? Even if you're taller than him, I'm sure he'll find a way to like point down at you. It just works. He'll, it makes it work. I've been stung by jellyfish many times. It, really? it, it is no fun. Uh, yeah, yeah I got tangled in his hair. He's got ow. long flowing hair. Ooh, <laughs> that just sounds terrible. I remember getting stung in on the Gulf Coast of Alabama. If you go there in late August, there are jellyfish everywhere. And that was always the month we'd go on family vacation mm-hmm. when I was a kid. And I would come back with stings all over the place because <laughs> I just didn't want to get out of the water. Yeah, you don't want to. No. But uh, yeah, they're, they're interesting creatures, jellyfish, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, they're, they're, they're on my list of why did God make those creatures. <laughs> right? You know, right <laughs> what along are with, they? Right along with, like, cockroaches and um, I don't know, there's definitely stranger animals than that, but just animals that are basically useless, you know what I mean? Yeah. At least yeah, useless totally. to us. Like the cuttlefish. The cuttlefish. Yeah, I like exactly. the cuttlefish, though. He's ugly. Yeah. Although one of my favorite, one of my favorite in, this, in the world of sea life is the nudie branch. Have you ever seen a nudie branch? This is real. No, it's a real, it's, it's a real sea creature. Yeah, I mean, you'll have to Google it. Like? Go, it look to Google like it. it's nude. It doesn't look like it's nude, and it doesn't look like any member of my family either. You know, so does it look like a branch? It doesn't look like a branch. It's very. I'm googling this. It's kind of starfishish. You know, it's just one of those. Is it spelled like your last name? Yes, N U D I branch, all one word. Give you something to something to Google there. This is an advertisement. Yes, I am Googling it. Oh, wow. Those things are cool looking. Aren't they they're cool like, looking? They're like cool underwater caterpillars, like exotic underwater caterpillars. That's a good way of explaining it. So there you go. They're yeah. muscle. It's a muscle. Oh, it means naked gills. <laughs> naked. Well, of course, my name means naked. Nitty Branch is naked gills. Wow. Well, there you go. And they're gastropods, whatever that means. I may have given you some inspiration for your next wildlife song, huh? Nudie Branch. Oh, my God. Yes. We have to write a song about Nudie Branch. That, challenge accepted, my friend. Challenge accepted. I don't know if that was a challenge, but I'm taking it as one. I, I wasn't throwing it down as a gauntlet, but I'll definitely, I'll, I'll definitely enjoy watching what you do when you come up with something yeah, for that. Yeah, next time we come on. Oh. <laughs> so this nudie branch song. Any other wildlife songs in your repertoire? Oh, plenty. plenty. Honestly, honestly, a whole lunar lizard show. There's, there's, you. They probably goes through all emotions: anger, yeah. happiness, sad, and goofy, laughing, yeah, everything. All emotions are at all emotions. Our emotions are acceptable at a lunar lizard show. And wildlife. And what? Well, yeah. I mean, the wildlife influences your moods so the gotcha. wildlife that you so write me, about so right give me now, give me the wildlife that's associated with angry for example an alcoholic flying squirrel yeah <laughs> and you have a song for that actually it sounds more happy right now so you have a song for an alcoholic flying squirrel I'm working on it yeah oh, <laughs> it's there. like you could say there's an app there. for that or you could say lunar lizards has a song for that apparently yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> gotcha exactly gotcha what about confused do you have any confused songs Probably Merlin. Merlin yeah, the snail. Merlin the snail. All right, let's hear Merlin the snail. I want I want to hear what confusion sounds like in the lunar <laughs> lizard household. Um, I don't right? know how can we sing about um You can sing about whatever you want. You're, you're, you're the guests. We're in Illinois where it's legal. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Huh. They're gonna sing about being in Illinois where it's legal, guys. <laughs> 
<laughs> I felt like when you're at a uh, when you're at the symphony and you don't want to clap between the movements there at right. the very end, then you're like, is that the end of the song? Did he, did he put the baton down? <laughs> right, right. Is it over? Or is there going to be another movement? I've been that person before clapping in between movements. And Isn't I that no embarrassing? It is. I've it done it like, before. It was like my first time I ever went to see an orchestra. And I'd already been playing the violin for like 10 years. <laughs> and I go and... You I've got been playing fiddle music, right? You got the conductor, and he holds his baton up, and they pause, and he doesn't drop it. And, and then I'm like, all of a sudden, you have that one person that goes, right? And everybody and stops and looks at, at you like, "Are you nuts?" I was yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I really enjoyed it though. I'll bet you did. So you mean <laughs> to tell me you played fiddle music your whole life, but you never actually played violin music growing up? Right. Wow. Yeah. I you played, weren't in like school fiddle. orchestra or anything. No, nope, no school orchestra. Where I was, uh, I grew up in Richmond, Illinois, so there was no orchestra in school. Richmond, Illinois. That's just on the other side of Lake Geneva, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. No orchestra. Uh, no you would orchestra. think you would have grown up in Richmond, West Virginia, if there was no orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Pretty close, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to Richmond before. You could write a song about that, I'm sure. I'm sure you have. Oh, yeah. There, I actually don't have a song about Richmond, but our friend Tom does. Yeah. Shackled to a bar stool. <laughs> That's the name of the song? In Richmond, Illinois. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Richmond, Illinois by Tom Holden. <laughs> I'm going to have to check that one out yeah, at some point do. in time. Yeah, you do. He is a great songwriter. Yeah. Great. So now if you're going to make me cry, what would you sing? This next one. Oh, oh my God. This song. Do we song. got time? It's a we little have bit time. longer. We've got time. Okay. Okay, we got time for we this. We got time, This baby. is like our all, this is called Damn Near Cool. Damn Near Cool. And let me tell you, it goes through a lot of emotions, but just listen. All right. <laughs> on the back stoop contemplating Days turn to nights again And I heard a butter rising for him A tears drop into her mind to get out of bed I just sleep through the radio
Sitting on the front porch conversating The days turn to nights again We're breathing out
tired I just got out of bed And let me see My eyes are glued shut Let me breathe for a while Feel so Let me be myself on that one uh no a little megadeth influence but we don't have a drummer but <laughs> right now right oh well, we do well, we but, do but, not, but with, not us. with us he right. is at home with randy <laughs> hey randy hey randy <laughs> hey, hey randy is that a song hey randy? that should be a song hey randy i yeah. like it i like it okay that's our next song I no we gotta that. do nudie first maybe Hey, listen, they're both going to happen. Hey, you know, you know, Randy means in England, right? No. You don't? No. Randy is the word that they use in England for horny. What? Yes, you didn't know that? Like, I'm feeling Randy? You never heard that No. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, there could be some synergy between the nudie branch and and Randy. I mean, you just never know. (laughs) Oh, man. Watch out, Max. Got a little Randy, so I went swimming and found a nudie branch. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's coming south, <laughs> south <laughs> Milwaukee. It's funny. So you two have been playing together. You started the Lunar Lizards back in the fall, correct? We actually started it about a year ago. Was yeah. it? Has yeah. it been that long? Already? I know it's been that long, but but we had our debut performance in November at the end of November. Gotcha. See, so, so I, the the fall part, I knew that that yeah. rang true. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But now. Yeah, we're so, just... Michael, are you doing any of your solo stuff still as well? Well, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm in the process of changing that into a band name now, but it's still a solo Michael thing. Boss Band. Absolutely. The Delivery Man. The Michael de- Boss <laughs> Michael Boss Michael and Bosson the Delivery Man. The Delivery Man. I love it. Man. As yeah. long as it's not the Deliverance Men, we'll no. be all right. The Delivery That's Men's hilarious. all right. <laughs> Delivering. Delivery Boys. That's right. I like, yeah, Michael. Yeah. Ba- if you said D- Michael Boss and the Delivery Boys, well, they'd expect like a little boy band behind it, you know, doing the whole. Hey, that would be sweet too. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't dig that. I can't, I'll I can't see that I'll be a backup dancer. Yeah. I'll and be a now, Delivery Boy. <laughs> and now the Solid Gold Dancers. Yeah. That was a thing, right you know, back in the, back in the 80s, the Solid Gold Dancers. I believe oh, yeah. it. Yeah. It was a very cool thing. So 
What kind of dance? What kind of dance are you into? You got you got some moves. Can you cut a rug over there, Michael? Can I cut a rug? Oh yeah. yes, he can yeah. cut a rug. Yep, <laughs> I can. Which is which is go to move? You is it say this? you can't dance. Is it oh. the sprinkler? Does he do the launch? Oh no, it's the uh, beer in one hand, hand in the air in the other. And then uh. the fist bump. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's my it. dance move. That's your dance move. He does move, the huh? fist bump. Yeah. The fist pump. And the when he's bump. having a really good time, he does the head nod and he gets the hair flip in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah the little chicken neck. Love that. Love that. <laughs> you get a little chicken neck in there. I saw that dancing at, at that debut performance when Earth Mother was playing. We were rocking out. You guys were rocking out. I got to get that back on here again too. Wow, oh, totally! What a great, what a great bunch of performers. They're awesome. I, I've just been so fascinated by the amount of talent that that we've run into here, and then to see it all just kind of get shut off for you guys. So, how are you dealing with the uh, quarantine? How are you dealing with not having gigs, as far as uh, moving on in, in a livelihood uh, from a livelihood standpoint? Yeah. Well, I didn't depend on it as much as Georgia. But Got it. It's just sad, you know. Yeah, it it's is. It's a sad situation. I mean, I'm still teaching online, so that's good. Um, okay. Like 12 out of 18 of my students are continued with online lessons. Oh, so that's good. That was relief because <laughs> I love to teach and I hate to not teach. Um, but then, I've, of I've course, got my kids, all the gigs, I've got my you know? kids learning online. It's a different. It's a different way of learning. It's definitely harder oh, to take yeah. a piano lesson or a dance yeah. lesson online. It's hard. It's hard to teach. It's hard. The, honestly, the lessons have been going really smooth, except for the fact that sometimes the little kids, like when they're six years old and they can't tune their instrument. Yeah. And it's like, I can only do so much. <laughs> From because that far if away. it's really, if it's really, if really out of tune, it's rough. But yeah, and I suppose at that age, you can't expect them to know how to tune their instrument. Yeah, I mean, and I've, I've had lessons where I've taught the parents how to tune the instrument. But sometimes it's. Then strings break and <laughs> yeah. So what? What do you teach? Fiddle only? Do you teach other other instruments as well? Mainly fiddle. Okay. I, I try to just teach fiddle because that's where my my real heart is. But I also do some ukulele, um, and I have one beginner mandolin student. <laughs> beginner mandolin student. Mm-hmm. Is it an adult student or a child student? Adult. Yeah, I, I just I had a, a feeling that was going to be an adult. I have a lot of adults that are actual begin, actually beginner fiddle students. They're like, especially with this quarantine, they're like, you know, I'm trapped at home. I know I've got this fiddle, so I got it fixed. And they signed up for lessons, and they're like, we're ready. I'm like, hey, that's awesome. Now, do you do any teaching, Michael? Uh, no. No. You could no. learn from him, though, people. I, w- I was, uh, oh, I was, I had. I could a, see him like teaching two, guitar. Or... One person. Yeah. Almost two, and then the quarantine, oh. and then it was just the beginning, and everybody uh, had no idea what was going on. So, I got. I'll get back in contact with them eventually, but they were against the idea of the Skype thing, which I understand. I went to online high school. And it's different, so I understand not wanting to. Do they have prom for online high or what? Huh, right, right. That'd be great. They well, do. do uh, they? Mine did. I went to iForward, and they had it at uh, some terrace. And, Wait, for real? Mm-hmm. In Madison. Oh, and our, we had a graduation, too. An in-person graduation? Mm-hmm. But oh your entire God. high school is online. Mm-hmm. It was called iForward. It's through Grantsburg School District. Oh, I'll wow. bet there are a lot of parents wishing their children were in that right now because it just goes on interrupted. Yeah, you know, I did high school online too. Well, partly 
online. I did part-time going to actual high school for like art class, but everything else was online. I've got I've got one I've got one who's a senior in high school this year, and they just put out the information that the fourth quarter is going to be for grade improvement only. So if you're good with what you got, you can just log off and yep. tell everybody to bug off and you're going to keep whatever grade you got. But if you want to improve it, you can go ahead and log in and try and it's almost like you have a whole quarter worth of extra credit. Could you imagine? Honestly, I wish. I I wish. wish. If you're failing, you can still graduate. But if you're already doing great, you can't fail. I mean, that's that, that's the best of both yeah, worlds. Yeah, I mean. The first time students have gotten the gotten the power back (laughs) they they got there unless they were just already done i mean unless like if you were kind of i know like when i was in school if i wasn't doing well in a class and it was like you don't if you do well on this test you don't have to take the final exam i would be like darn it i gotta take that stupid final exam because i have no idea what i'm doing you think there'll be a little (laughs) asterisk next to like everybody's graduation list like graduated during covid like 20 years from now when they're in a job interview the the, the uh employer's gonna look at oh you graduate high school during covid come on that doesn't count <laughs> you, that you, suck you, yeah it would suck well as long as it, i don't see why it'd be an issue as long as it doesn't go longer than just the semester it's just such a weird time for everybody man how about athletes now are, are either of you sports fans at all uh no. i listen to I... the lady reds and that's it the Lady Reds. Yeah, the Carthage <laughs> Lady Reds. That's it. That's it. Only True. because Die of WIP. Fan. So no other sports that you follow, baseball, hockey, football, soccer, underwater basket weaving, swimming, diving. Underwater uh, basket weaving, maybe. Sure. I like I like sports. I think they're entertaining. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, the only thing I'd watch really is like if I, I'll watch baseball maybe with my grandma. The thing about baseball is I don't understand why they don't just test, test all the teams. You know they're clean. You know they're good. Go to their spring training places where they play where there's no no fans. Play the game. Stream it and give people something I else. I thought they are doing that without the fans. I honestly don't Well, they don't talked know. about it, but they haven't, they haven't started the baseball season yet. My and grandma said, I was talking to her on the phone the other day. She said she really misses her baseball. I, I'll bet. And you think about that. There's a lot of people, especially the older generation, that grew up listening to baseball on the radio. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if there's fans or not. You put, you could switch on the radio and listen to the game or put it on TV or stream it and watch your favorite player do whatever it is they do. Right. What is the risk in that? I mean, we'll have to presumably see. these athletes are going to the grocery store, right? <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that kills me is now Or everybody... maybe they're getting online shopping done. Maybe they are. Yeah. That's maybe my they're... job now. You're, you're doing online shopping? I'm doing online shopping and pick and save now. Really? <laughs> yeah, until I can get more gigs. All right. Well, you, I mean, you got to do what you got to do yeah. right now. I mean, a lot of people don't have anything at all, and it's it's it's. Fr- I spoke with a restaurant owner today, and they applied for the, the the federal grant money. And he was explaining that they have to spend all the money on payroll, but the problem is they already laid people off and they're collecting mm. unemployment. If you put them back on payroll, they're going to take a pay cut, right? which is bizarre. And it's just it's a weird thing. It's a weird world that we're living in. It's the first and, time uh, this ever happened, man. It's first time ever. <laughs> yes, 20, first 20. time. First time. Got our entire country done. For isn't it like the first time churches have ever closed? Yes. Crazy. And I mean, it's it's fascinating history. 
Yeah. What's, what's amazing is some churches get creative. They're doing these drive-in church services, and they're still getting arrested or ticketed or, or something like oh, really? that. It, not not in Wisconsin or Illinois. We've been pretty decent in Wisconsin. Yes, it's been locked down, but it hasn't been quite as, as draconian as everything else. Yeah, I can only speak for Wisconsin. Well, we are getting to the last seconds of the show here, guys. So I want to thank you again for coming on. Thanks for having us. And we are out of time. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, Lunar Lizards, we have Georgia Ray, Michael Boss, and you guys just take us to the break, which is about 30 seconds here. Okay. And uh, thanks for coming on.